everyone. This is Angela with the Perspective Podcast. And I want to apologize if this um, episode is coming out late. Uh, You wouldn't even believe what I've been going through. (laughs) I recorded this a couple of days ago. And you know, I've been I've been sick. I had pneumonia. And uh, I, I messed up like in the middle of my recording, I forgot to mention like this section like this whole part that I thought was important. So um, I went back and like, tried to just add it in. Oh my gosh, I don't know if it's my brain or what. But I kept I tried to like cut and paste it into the where it would belong, you know, and what part of the conversation it would belong in. And it was crazy. But anyways, I really seriously need help with that. So I've been messing with it for a couple of days. And now I'm just like, I'm just gonna redo it. Um, Be a lot easier. Uh, So when we left off last time, it was, I was divorced and moving into my mom's and um and I did and they had the big farmhouse and um my grandma when um she passed not too long after I moved in there and um in her side had already been made into an apartment uh, like an upstairs downstairs apartment which she had been living in since 1991 and when her husband you know after her husband died and she had my parents come take over the farm for her so when she passed my parents told me that I if I wanted to go clean out her side then I could you know rent there I could I could live there I don't know if any of you have ever been in old farmhouses but when the old the old folk live in the old farmhouses and they die in their old farmhouses all their stuff is left in the old farmhouses oh my gosh it was so much work so much work but I had a lot of um, moments like you know because it's going through my grandma's stuff that had just passed and finding stuff from my grandfather that had passed when I had had my daughter and I mean so it was a very emotional thing transition you know on top of everything else but um, I did it I got it done here I am in my own apartment paying my own rent doing everything but you know I'm still attached to my parents (laughs) you know it's like a fail safe I don't know but for the first time in my life though I was living on my own it came down to at work at this department store um I there was uh I was in sales I was in floor care and there was a couple guys over in appliances and a um, couple more guys in electronics, you know, surrounded by guys and a couple girls. and But there was one in particular, um, Bill, that he was just so funny, right? Uh, hilarious. And we were friends. And even when I was married, I'd try to get my husband to come out and, you know, let's all go out together. Like a lot of people would go out and he knew, he knew most of them. But, he, you know, he was really a bump on a log and he said that after that he regretted that he didn't do that stuff with me when I asked and you know because I wouldn't go most of the time I wouldn't even go unless it was a big like a birthday party or or some going away party or something like that for somebody 
Bill was like my best friend. He, I mean, he was older. He was 22 years older, very innocent. It was just, we were like best friends. We just clicked, which I thought was great because at that time, and he had been divorced. He had been married and divorced like three times. So he knew exactly what I was going through. And um, it was easy to talk to him. So that was all great. And I'm living at my my apartment. And um, it came down to him. had to, He had to leave where he was living. And uh, I was like, well, hey, why don't you just come stay with me? And he's like, yeah, right, you know. Um, and I'm like, what? Because I had a two-bedroom, you know. My, my apartment was a two-bedroom. And he he fought it. He fought that for quite a while. He said, no, that it won't even look good. People will talk. And I'm like, you know what? I'm so sick of people talking. Like, <laughs> I'm a divorced mom. And my kids are all adults. Why can't I have a guy living with me, especially an older guy that is like my best friend and help me with bills, right? So uh, he, he fought it, but he did try to look for other places and you know, the prices were <laughs> higher than I guess he thought they would be. Um, so eventually he did end up moving in with me. And uh, that, that was a shocker to my kids and my ex. Um, you know, all of a sudden people just assumed that I had been sleeping with Bill while I was married. I don't know why people always think the worst of people, even when they know me, but <laughs> it's just how it is, I suppose. All I could do was just keep reiterating, no, I did not cheat on your father. I would never have cheated on your father. I left your father for my own personal reasons, for my own health, for my own everything. It had nothing to do with a man. I mean, my God, I had been married since I was, I had been with him since I was 14 years old. And here I was, I left him the day before my 40th birthday. Like, that's a long time. Why the, why the hell would I want to leave that relationship and jump right into another one and not experience life? You know, I don't know. I just, I don't know. But I, I get, you know, being on the outside, seeing other people going through it, I understand their perspective, you know, it, everything's about perspective. Um, so we kind of all went through hell for a little bit. Um, my uh, kids, uh, my daughter liked him, liked Bill. My son, no way, no way. He stuck up for his dad 100%, which, you know, that's good. And Megan... Megan was like, eh, you know, either way. But um, it went on. Things went on. And uh, and after a while, it was this, the you know, really the most sad, awkward, miserable time in my life. You know, I went through a divorce. My kids were definitely off their rockers with emotions. With They, they didn't know how to take all this, you know. And I just cried a lot. And the, I never really cried in front of the kids too much. Um, before, when I was married, I was the strong mom. Um, but since the divorce, they had seen me cry quite a bit. But I sat home at night and cried a lot. You know, Bill was always out, like he was working or work, working different shifts than I was or um, partying with his friends or whatever. And I just sat home and I cried. And I worried about the kids. I worried about everything. And my ex-husband had been having a really hard time. 
and I may have left him, but I still loved him. Oh my gosh, you know, and I still love him to this day. It, and it just all was really weighing on me. And um, of course, eventually, Bill was the one, right? Because he lived there that when um, when I'm crying like that and he hears me crying, he'd be like, are you okay? You know, and just, and we'd get talking about like that very personal stuff of why I was crying. And, and yes, yes, absolutely. Just like people predicted, I fell in love with this man. 22 years older. Oh my God. I, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't, was this a rebound? <laughs> was this... <laughs> I mean, it certainly, oh, I won't, I won't say bad things, but it, it wasn't sexual. It wasn't, it was like just my heart, you know, I don't know. I, I just don't know, but it, it transitioned <laughs> into a relationship and, um, you know, slowly and my kids kind of went with it. Not so much my son. I mean, my son was never mean or rude, um, but he definitely didn't really warm up, you know? Um, but he would still like visit me or we'd go do something. Uh, my daughter loved Bill. She just absolutely loved him. And, uh, Megan, again, she could have cared less either way. She, she, Megan was having a hard time herself and she had a little girl and, um, and I was trying to help her out as much as I could with, with, um, the baby. And, um, and so all of that anyways. So here I am with this 22-year <laughs> older man <laughs> that, oh, you know, like, what the fuck am I going to do with a, 20, a guy that's 22 years older than me? It just didn't really hit me. Nothing hit me. I was like, no, I'm just in love. You know, I just thought that was it. That was, this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. I don't know, like a teenager. So life went on. We um, ended up having to move because my parents sold the farm. And, you know, this is like a year or even more than that later, maybe two years later, I don't know. Um, and we were living in a different town and I didn't see my kids as much because I didn't live right in the same town as them anymore. It was just harder, a little bit harder. And I just had a hard time. And, you know, I loved to write. I, uh, I was, I had, I had written a lot um, online. You know, I'd go on and do a lot of those gigs, you know, writing gigs. I could just write about anything, anything at any time, from kids' um, fantasies to erotic novels, you know, it, and anything, just whatever somebody wanted, I'd, I could ghostwrite it. It was, it was, I loved it. I loved it. Loved writing. I just loved to write. So that was all good. So <laughs> we're out. We're on our own. And suddenly, I realized when I got asked to co-author a book um, with another, obviously with another author, I'm sitting there and I drew, completely draw a blank. I'm like, what the fuck? What? I could not put a sentence on the paper or, or laptop or whatever I was using at that time. I, I couldn't put words down. I like couldn't come up with any words in my head, any creative words. Just, I mean, I felt like I was like, see Jane run, watch Jane, <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, 
I don't know. I felt like I was in kindergarten. And I'm like, is this writer's blog? You know, maybe, maybe not. I didn't know. But I, I was really disappointed. I did end up writing her something. And she never said anything bad. But I mean, it had to have been shit. Because there's no way I came up with anything decent. Not not to my standards, anyways. And so that puzzled me. That And that lasted, like, that whole... This was, like, at the beginning. This was, like, in... Uh, March or April and that, that kind of went on through the whole summer I was just online a lot trying to see you know what is my life purpose why am I here what am I doing you know um, I was still working at the department store um, but I didn't you know I wasn't married with kids anymore I had my adult kids but that I didn't see very often and you know Bill still worked and I just had a lot of downtime so I was just on the computer a lot, just looking for whatever, like a, something to, I just needed something to strive for, like a goal or something. And, um, and I was really just clueless, really clueless. And so I was doing a lot of research and I realized I really loved my first, the first part that I found out was like mediums, like psychics and um, learning all about those and then you you know you learn about your third eye and you learn about chakras and you you start learning about all this stuff and I'm like whoa this is right up my alley it kept my attention and I just kept diving deeper and deeper and deeper and you know metaphysics new age whatever you want to call it I was like going nuts I was in heaven it was perfect and I'm like, I've never had anything described like this to fit me, you know, because I didn't, I had some experience with churches. Grammy Judy used to take me to, a, I think it was a Baptist church, like a couple times a year, maybe if that, but I don't remember anything about it. Uh, my whole family, like my kids, I, my ex-husband's whole family were all Catholics um, we had a lot of friends that were Catholics. Um, Bill was a was raised a strict Catholic, um, so that's the strongest religion that I knew. And so, yeah, when my kids were born, I had them baptized Catholic. I was, you know, married in the Catholic Church, and um, when I was taking classes, because I had never, my mom never had baptized me or anything. And so when I was taking classes to become a Catholic so I could go through this process is when I started learning how much I did not want to be a Catholic. Um, my brother had died and, you know, like three weeks after my wedding, which I might have mentioned before, and it was just a shit show. You know, they told me he was going, to, he was in hell. That, you know, there was no, like I'm drawing a blank, but um, whatever that middle zone is there, you know there was none of that he just was in hell and that was a big thing for me and they they weren't even sensitive about it they weren't like and this was literally right after he died like maybe within a couple of weeks after he died I was still obviously very emotional and this lady was a freaking bitch and she's like well there's nothing you can do about it now you know like just totally matter of fact this is how Catholics are this is how we are and and I know that those older French, you know, she was an older French lady and very Catholic, and I know that's how they just were, but 
with that mixed in when I because then I just started paying attention and they you know they hate gays they hate they hate everything I mean you can't do anything Uh, I have so many but anyways I don't want to smash Catholics at all you know my my family is Catholic they are it's the religion itself Um, as long as nobody's pushing it on me I don't care what you believe I don't care if you have three heads I, I don't care just don't push your beliefs on me um you can we can talk about your religion and I can tell you why I like mine and why I don't like yours if you want me to but it doesn't mean we have to fight about it and you don't have to push it or whatever you know it's like a debate you know you can say your side if if that's what you choose to do usually I just don't bring it up I try to stay away from politics and religion in most conversations you know so that's that was a big deal so anyways, I am into my metaphysics. I find a this course, this college course that was um, all, it was metaphysical science and I wanted to do it. I was like, why not? Out to make a long story short, I couldn't afford it on my own. Bill um, needed to help me, so I had to get him to want to help me. <laughs> And I asked him and he's like, no, because uh, I was a smoker. I smoked cigarettes and Bill hadn't smoked in over 20 years. Um, and it was very expensive. When I was married, my ex-husband used to roll our cigarettes, you know, all the time. So we got out of it fairly cheap. Um, and he, he was really good at rolling them. I couldn't roll them for shit. And Bill certainly wasn't going to roll them for me. I mean, that's for dang sure. Uh, so I had to buy them. Uh, so that was very expensive and um, I smoked a pack a day and so we came up with a deal that if I quit smoking he would help me with the classes but the day I picked up a cigarette he was going to stop paying and I'd be fucked I was like deal I got it well so this day October 17th 2014 I believe I quit smoking and it was a Saturday like Saturday night like or, or something I don't know if I went all day Saturday without a cigarette no I woke up Sunday morning it was I think my first day without a cigarette so maybe Sunday was a, um and my daughter went with me we had I because in my research I had found a church near us that um was it was a spiritualist church and I just wanted to see what it was about I just you know because I'm really clueless, right? I mean, I'm still this naive person, even though I'm 40, well, 41, 42 by, the, by now. Um, I just very naive, very sheltered. So I wanted to see what this was like. <laughs> and my daughter was just amazing, and she just went with me for whatever reason, maybe just for her own curiosity as well. Um, we went in, and it was, um, you know, we first got there, everything seemed normal. And um, we're sitting down and they're singing and all that. And the, like, there's like mediums on the stage that are getting words from spirits. And they're calling out, like, who's the one that has the grandma and the, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this was right up my alley. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, (laughs) To me, that was great. It was, I mean, awkward weird I'd never experienced it like this but amazing and um and then they had like um part of their church as they had some 
classes for people to learn um, Reiki. And um, so some of the congregation or whatever you want to call them was doing the classes and for part of their training they had to do practice sessions so during the church time they um, had them up front and they would take volunteers that would get like a five minute Reiki section session and uh, so they wanted volunteers I I was all about it I had no idea what Reiki was I'm like absolutely I'll do it and so I went up and they're like you think of one thing that you want to heal or you know it's like something that you want to heal and feel better you know and I was trying to focus on my mom because she hadn't been feeling well and I, I just my mind kept wandering but I kept trying to bring it back to that obviously what do you think was most on my mind whether it was subconsciously or consciously I don't know I don't remember now but obviously not smoking because that was like I was probably chomping on a piece of gum and just waiting to have a cigarette you know or wanting to have a cigarette but I got my little session done and and then we left the church and we were going out to lunch or something and I just you know I tried a piece of gum I had stocked up on gum you know every time I wanted a cigarette I was going to chew a piece of gum well I had a couple pieces of gum that day and um that was it I just stopped craving cigarettes <laughs> I was like a non-smoker. I didn't want anything to do with them. They, I was one of those god-awful ex-non-smokers. You know, the, the ones that... Uh, I, I hated who I was becoming, but I was like, ew, like, everything stinks like a cigarette, and this is so disgusting. I can't believe I smoked for so long and didn't notice this. You know, I was just like, for the first, like, week, I was just like, Ugh, everything was just... But never craved it. And I'm like, and this was 2014. I'm sitting here in 2023 now, and I've never craved it. I was worried. I was worried one time because I was going to be in a situation that I thought maybe... Or I had a dream. Oh, that's what it was. I had a dream that on like this New Year's Eve that I was going to smoke a cigarette. And this was literally just this year, like 2022 turning into 2023, right? But I didn't. I thank God. But other than that one little thing, because I had that dream, I've never craved a cigarette, which I think is amazing. I've been smoking since I was 11 years old. Um, only I quit I quit through my pregnancies but that's I think that's different because that's like you're in mom role so it's a lot easier to do things when you're in mom role you know mom mode but anyways so that was that so this is October so the summer I couldn't write October I quit smoking and the like November I started like I felt like my eyes were bugging out of my head I felt like um, like headaches all the time I, I just couldn't, I couldn't grasp things. It was just things, something was wrong. And I, then I started seeing like floaters or, or just like black shadows in my eyes and went to the eye doctors and um, they were, um, they didn't really tell me what was going on. They told me that my optic nerves were really swollen and they called it like bilateral papilledema which I'm sitting in the chair thinking I have no idea what that is. But I, d I didn't realize at that time that they were out in the waiting room making arrangements, making phone calls, talking to Bill because Bill had brought me there. And um, 
it was like a big to-do. I had no clue. I'm just sitting in my chair, not having a clue, just waiting for them to tell me how to get rid of the swelling, you know? And so then they, they like, like, all right, we're going to walk you out to your car. Like, walk me out to my car. What are you talking about? Like, these people are on drugs. What's going on? And as I'm walking out, they literally had my arm in their hand. And I'm walking out. And I can see the girl at the um, checkout counter, you know, the, at the vision place. You know, they have that counter. And she's, like, had tears in her eyes. And I was like, what the hell? They're like, oh, good luck. Good luck. Everyone's good luck. And I'm like what the fuck is happening they bring me out you know and then bill helps me get in the car and we're driving i'm like what the hell's going on like what is happening he's like well we're going to lewiston they got you an appointment with a specialist um that's gonna look to check check out the problem um and then we have um uh, an mri uh, was it an mri that we're gonna have done and I'm like, for what? What? You know, I st- I was so lost. So lost. I was like, I just missed a big chunk of something. And he just looked at me. He's like, you don't know? They didn't tell you? I'm like, tell me what? <laughs> He's like, um, they believe you have a brain tumor <laughs> that's really large because it's, you know, because of the pressure that it's putting on my eyes. And I was like, oh, hell, hell no, they didn't say anything to me. So then, of course, I all, you know, got all mushy and thought I was dying and did my appointments and everything. So that's how I found out. So this was like December 4th or whatever I found out about my brain tumor. You know, that took a lot of doctors, a lot of appointments, a lot of medications, um, surgery consults, which they absolutely could not do. Um, so there it was. That there was my reason I couldn't write. There was, you know, my headaches and my vision and it just all these things started making sense. And then I'm like, if this thing had been growing, it's probably why I so randomly got a divorce. And like this thing, how, how long had this thing been affecting me before it started showing symptoms, you know? And I'm just like, it just put me into that place. Like now all these weird things that I've done in my life, like quit my job and well not really quit my job but kind of quit my job because I couldn't handle it being away from the kids I I think that was still separate but then spending a year in bed and being so tired and I mean yes that that still all could be from depression but what the hell I had a tumor growing in my brain I'm just like it was almost like validation (laughs) so it was kind of like a relief that I just weren't crazy but at the same time you know it was scary um Eventually, you know, we did figure out that they couldn't operate, but um, it wasn't going to kill me. Um, So it was just going to cause extreme pain sometime unless they could get the meds, you know, just right. And which took a while. (laughs) But right now they're pretty good for the for the most part. They're pretty good. So that was all that. That's when I found out about the brain tumor. I stayed with Bill, we broke up, we got back together. I uh, went through a phase, you know, the brain tumor like caused other things. I'd get lost when I was driving, Um, not like I was going to work. Like when Bill and I broke up, I had an apartment in Livermore Falls, which was um, like a 10, 15 minute ride to my work at the hospital. And 
I would like start off fine, but then randomly like come to or whatever two hours later in some in town that I never heard of and I wouldn't know where I was I'd call my boss and I was always crying because it, it's scary I don't know if you've ever happened to you but it's friggin scary even though you you're you're stopped your car stopped and you're safe you're like how did you get here why are you here you know um that was a really hard time it was but I'd call my boss and be like um I don't know where I am, blah, 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 this happened, and you know, who wants to tell their boss that? And I was like, I'll talk to you when I come in, because I hadn't told anyone at work about my brain tumor, because at this point, my brain tumor made it so I couldn't work on my feet anymore, I was out of work, I kind of went blind for a few months, and then it took recovery time, and so this was like eight months after a diagnosis of the brain tumor that I started working at the hospital. And I didn't, I didn't tell them, thinking it, you know, wasn't going to affect anything. So, I, you know, and then this kept happening, and and I didn't know where I was. I mean, I'm directionally challenged. I, so I would have to put my GPS on, and and it says, you know, use your location, and then type in my the address of the hospital to get back to work. And it would, it would say like two hours and five minutes. What the hell? Like, I have no idea. I did that so many times. And, um, you know, I, I saw like all my doctors on a regular basis. And so I would talk to them, my neurologist mostly about that. And they kept adjusting meds, kept happening. They tried different techniques, you know, uh, having the radio on, having the GPS on all the time, talking to me, um, counting mailboxes, anything to keep my mind engaged while I'm driving and not like check out and I don't know it just kept happening and finally I just started calling Bill and I was like crying like I don't know what's happening and he was even though we had broken up he knew I still loved him and everything I just needed that experience to live on my own um since my first experience wasn't really on my own because I was like with my parents you know in their in their farm and then I had Bill move in but um so this was and so Bill and I he, he would help me through this he was really good at that and finally he's like why don't you move back home and we'll get this taken care of because you know it's really scary that I kept waking up in all these weird places and so he wanted to be able to help me drive to work and stuff and so that was hard you know I had to so I had to tell the, the girls at work you know because at this point I felt like they're all like what the hell is this girl doing like she shows up late all the time she does what she wants you know she has a headache or you know I just I couldn't even imagine what was going through their heads because I had you know my boss I had kept her updated but obviously it wasn't her place to tell the other employees so finally I did I told them and they were like crying and they were like oh my god I'm so glad you told us because like the one one particular girl Jamie that trained me was like I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong why you wasn't understanding what I was saying and she like took it personally that it was her that she wasn't doing it good I was like oh my god no it was definitely me you know 
definitely me. And so it was much better just to be open about it. And then they understood and there was no hard feelings and the the um the whole team was more of a team as a collective again and which is the way I like that. You know, I don't like animosity and all that negativity in the workplace or anywhere. So so this went on until it got to the point that um I became a hazard at work um, my tumor had started to change I like had a blackout or a, a seizure or something um, at work and and like I couldn't I try I was trying to walk like to my desk and you know you're I'm stumbling and lightheaded I don't know what was going on I just it was like I was on drugs or drinking or something and um, they literally made me leave <laughs> they you know they called Bill to come get me and because they wouldn't let me drive either and said they didn't want me to come back until I had this all figured out I mean they were great about it you know they were not mean at all but they were like at this point I wasn't just harming myself I, I could have I mean I was I could have gotten hurt there you know and had a in the end hurt them you know I'm sure that that's all it was is they're covering their asses but anyways so I'm home and my doctors were like, yep, probably better off anyways. So I had to apply for disability um, so I could get paid for my, because uh, through my work, I had like short-term, long-term disability benefits and they have processes that you have to do. And one of them was to apply for a disability. So I applied and of course I'd been to the doctors right along for everything. It wasn't like, no, I wasn't making anything up. And I got approved the first shot. Like, like, do you guys remember? Did you read or read or listen to when my husband, it took him three years to get approved? They made me wait the initial, I applied like on January 2nd. And they made me wait the initial six months. But then I got a letter and said, you're approved. Here's your money. And there you go. All done. Like, simple no questions asked I couldn't even believe it not that I wanted to live on disability but that took a lot of stress off of me so I was able to focus more on just getting trying to get better because you know in my mind I'm still like I just want to get better I want to get rid of this you know I don't like to give in and be like oh I'm gonna have this forever no I'm not gonna have it forever I'm gonna make sure of that so so now I'm home and I'm making, I'm making money from my disability, but it's not, you know, even close to what I was making working. So our income went down. I, uh, you know, had my trials and tribulations and it was, it was, it was hard on both of us, you know, on Bill and I, but we were just great. I felt like we were just rocks together, you know? And we're like, all right, well, now that we know, and I didn't have to worry about where I was working, he ended up retiring. Um, let's buy a house. Because where we were living, the place was for sale anyways. So we, I mean, we must have looked at 100 houses. And we looked even way up north. We were, because it's beautiful. I don't know if, if you guys have ever been to Maine, but way up in Aroostook County is just the most gorgeous place you could ever live but it was like a five-hour drive to my kids you know so I didn't really want a house up there but I, I looked at everything all my options were open my, my mind was open to anything in Maine um and we did this and then we finally found one 
and the good thing is is that it was a five minute ride to my dad's to my parents and but it was a two hour ride from my kids but we we put an offer on it they accepted the offer and then um we just had to get estimates we were doing stuff like that and then all of a sudden bill has 16 acres of land dropped in his lap 16 acres of land i mean to me it was a dream come true right <laughs> 16 acres of land oh my god we could build we could so he we did what we needed to do to get out of the contract um for that house and we did really feel bad but legally we had the right because now this land became ours you know in the middle of the process and technically with that loan that we were getting you couldn't own property when you were using this loan so it worked out we we didn't lose any money or anything on that uh so we spent we spent uh quite a few months just planning out what we were going to do and how the land was going to be set and um we couldn't afford to get power all the way to the land and the, oh by the way the land was in new sharon where we had already lived before which was only a half an hour from my kids um and like an hour and a half to my parents it was like perfect right uh so on this road for some reason there's power all the way down the road except for shortly before you get to this piece of land there's no power no power no telephone poles no power and then once you get to the land where we wanted to build the house it was deeper into the land so and there was a right-of-way um so it's not like we had to build it we did have to build the driveway but not a not long not all the way through the property and they were going to charge like eighty-five thousand dollars. apparently bill said we and we had to pay it up front so we weren't going to have power so i mean i did all my research of living off the grid right and i was excited because there's so much you can do you can pretty much have anything you want living off the grid if you do it right like right from the time you build your house and you you know even as far as air conditioning and everything if you build your house just right with the pipes doing a certain thing and this that you you're you're golden i mean i learned so much in the rainies the rainy family on homestead rescue on the discovery channel oh my god i love them i learned a lot from that show too this was like a dream and you know and in my when bill and i wasn't talking about what we were going to do i was making my little side plans like because i weren't going to be the one to help him do all the big stuff with because he had the big machinery and stuff like that so i'm like eventually once the house is done i'm like you know making these uh stone walkways and i mean there's just so many things i had planned out the natural swimming pool and oh my god just everything right the excitement was short-lived <laughs> the excitement was short-lived um i had been taking pictures of the land progress and sharing them with my family and everything and uh it, suddenly i just i felt like bill was acting weird and for a couple of weeks he was like just distancing from me like um like we were best we had been best friends like forever and now all of a sudden he's like doesn't want to talk to me he's just different you know he's never home he like would get up at five in the morning and leave to go to the land 
I'm like, what the hell are you doing at five in the morning on the land? You know? And, um, well, it come down to he broke up with me. He dumped me. So my dream just got pulled right out from under me. And, of course, he had that power because it was his land. It was given to him. And he was very old-fashioned, and his name was on everything. And I had nothing. Nothing at all. We had been together for, like, eight years. So, I mean, I went from being with my husband from the time I was 14 to 40. And then Bill, at this point, I must have been 48. 40 to 48, right? It was just, it, it was very hard for me. Very hard for me. I didn't understand. He didn't give me a reason. Um, it was just, and I'm like, this is fucking karma. This is, I mean, I didn't, I weren't that bad when I left my husband. At least I got him set up, you know, in that new place to live. And, you know, the, the kids were under control. I had him, I left him the truck. I left him the four-wheeler. I left him everything. I didn't take anything, you know. Um, and, and Bill, like, <laughs> and he left and told me, he weren't coming back. He was going to go stay on the land so I, until I found a place to live. And then it came, came down to he wasn't even going to come back. So once I found a place to live, let him know. And he, they, he was going to tell the landlord we were moving out. So I had to pack up the whole entire house myself. He took like a bag of clothes and a couple of his sentimental things. And literally had me... Oh, he, wait. He took his TV. Yeah, so I didn't have a TV, which I didn't really care about. I, don't, I didn't watch a lot of TV, but it was just the point that he took it, even though he took it and put it at his friend's house to store because he was staying on his land, so he didn't even take it to watch it. And I just didn't understand. So I, I mean, I had to do the whole house, and I don't know <laughs> if you guys have ever had migraines and brain tumors, and it's, this was not easy. Like, I couldn't be on my feet like it, I'd get a migraine if I took um, too long in the shower. If I had too many dishes to do, that was too hard to stand up that long. I mean, literally, I could do dishes twice a day. And it's just Bill and I, just so I could only stand up for a, a few minutes, you know? So imagine me, I mean, and I just cried. I packed and I cried. I packed and I cried. And I had to pay for like those U-Haul tub things distorted I had no idea where I was going I I applied for housing but everything was at least a year waiting list um so I had to go move in with my dad my mom had already passed through the January before um and this was like August that Bill did this like once my mom died he checked out I don't know um and that was that I ended up moving to Brownville paying a fortune to have all that stuff stored a fortune that I didn't have, you know, I had taken out a loan for the house. It wasn't a big one. It was to get stuff ready for the house. And I had to use that. And I, I refused. I wouldn't give it to Bill. It, that was the one thing that was in my name. And I was like, no, he, he didn't even no. But anyways, that was that. And I would love to hear people's perspective on that or some insights. Um, but once we broke up, I moved in with my dad. And then that right there was a changing point of my life from then until now. That's been like a year and a half since then. And so much has happened. <laughs> so much has happened. 
so um so in this eight years that I've been with Bill um I discovered you know I couldn't write I couldn't do anything I had the brain tumor I lost my mom um Bill and I broke up and you know I guess everything else wasn't too too bad it was um, pretty good I guess so that about sums that up so but I definitely definitely would love to hear your perspective you know from from your side to see what you think looking in um just to get different ideas I because I just don't know I was just so lost so confused it just didn't make any sense uh, we, we didn't ever fight we never <laughs> I don't know what happened but so anyways so I'll wrap that up and I hope you all have an amazing week and I will get my next my next one out as soon as I can and then that will be the last one of the summary ones and then we can start jumping into um, more of the perspective mode of the whole thing so stay tuned and please send me messages any messages any insights anything <laughs> any any helpful hints with editing so I don't have to <laughs> re record this over and over again and I totally lost all my words. I think it was much better done the first time I did it, but <laughs> screwed it up. Um, but anyway, have a great week, and I will talk to you guys all soon. Thank you.